0: That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP, are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idbailey.com That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at EIDEBAILLY dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA Art Wiederman.
1: And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast with Art Wiederman CPA. I'm your host. My name is Art Wiederman. If this is your first time listening, welcome to our, I don't know if we have a club or our team or our group. Well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I am a dental division director for the CPA firm of Ide Bailey. Uh, I am located out of my world broadcast uh, studios here in uh, Laguna Beach, California in my my office. And uh, I have a great, great show for you today. Um, there are lots of really wonderful, wonderful people, as I've told you, in this five-year journey that I've had uh, on doing this podcast that I've met. And uh, I think I might have mentioned that I joined the Speaking and Consulting Network, uh, which is a wonderful group uh, that is managed by uh, Ryan Vett and Lois Banta. And I was in Nashville uh, back in, I think it was June uh, or July. Time flies when you're having fun. And uh, we had a panel discussion, we had several panels, and one of the panel discussions had a wonderful young lady by the name of Melissa Turner. And I got to know Melissa a little bit in uh, Nashville, and we chatted a little bit. And um, she knows a lot about a lot (laughs) She is an influencer. She's a former hygienist. Uh, She's on boards of dental companies, and she has a specialty, uh, which we're going to talk about today, regarding teledentistry. According to the American Dental Association, only 30% of the dentists in America make use of mobile or teledentistry. And of the 70% that don't, 60% of those folks say, I don't need it. Well, Melissa begs to differ, and she's going to tell you why and what the benefits of teledentistry. And we're also going to talk about some of the new technologies that she's involved with with some of the companies that she's working with. Um, that are out there today. So this is going to be really fun. This is a a, a young lady who I I met her. I've been on the computer talking to her two or three times. She's always got a big smile on her face and she's always laughing. And those are the types of people I want to have on this podcast. So you will enjoy this. We'll get to Melissa in a moment. I first want to thank again, my wonderful, incredible partners at Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, uh, Lorraine Kent and Chain Moline and their team Here in Southern California, they have the top clinical magazine in the country, uh, 140 continuing education courses for a very reasonable price. And we are now um, working on the business side of dentistry and adding a bunch more stuff. We'll be telling you more about that as the time is appropriate in the next 6 to 12 months. And we'll be talking about uh, all kinds of stuff. They also have a brand new front office magazine uh, with some great articles. Uh, Yours truly has an article in there. Um, so if you want to look on their website, uh, again, 140 great CE courses for a great price. And, uh, the, uh, address is www.decisionsanddentistry.com. Uh, also folks, we're going to be publishing this podcast in the month of November. We're right in the middle of tax planning season. So the life of a CPA is very interesting, um, we, uh, they let us eat uh, two or three times a day. And uh, during the busy times, which is now, uh, we are meeting with every one of our clients. If you are a dentist and you have an accountant who has not called you to set up your year-end meeting or has not sent you a question say, hey, send me a projection of what you're going to do for the rest of the year. Are you going to buy new equipment? Are you going to relocate your practice? Uh, are you starting a retirement plan? If you're not getting that kind of service Please call me at 657-279-3243 or email me at A Weederman, W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at ID Bailey E-I-D-E, B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. And we can take world-class care of you. And because remember, as a tax planner, we got two goals. Number one is to run that federal deficit up as much as we possibly can. And number two is to save you um, and to make sure that if you owe money on your taxes, that you at least have five, six, seven months notice so you can plan for it. We get a lot of clients, to be real transparent folks, we get a lot of dentists who will call us up and say, oh my goodness, they'll call us and may say, My CPA called me on the 13th of April and and told me that I owe $75,000. Well, I don't know about you, but that would be a shock to me. So if you need us, uh, give us a call. We'd be happy to help you.
0: Be sure to check out our new Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform.
1: All right, everybody, let's get to my wonderful guest today. Her name is Melissa Turner. Melissa is a 20-year veteran. Uh, she's a, de- a veteran in the dental profession. She's a, is a dental hygienist. She's a founder, a sought-after fractional executive consultant. She's a dynamic speaker and uh, all-around good lady. So uh, she's a millennial content creator. Um, She works uh, as a fractional executive for many leading dental brands. Uh, She's a fractional executive for Celerant Consulting Group, DSO Tech Solutions, among others. Um, She is a founding board member for the American Mobile and Teledentistry Alliance and is co-founder of the Denobi Awards and the National Mobile Teledentistry Conference, which is going to be uh, in Dallas, Texas, first week of March. if you want to follow her on Instagram, she is affectionately known by her influencer handle, at the Tooth Girl. And she's also created the iHeart Dentistry Network, which is a community focused on supporting underrecognized dental professionals. So, Melissa Turner, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management.
2: Well, Art, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today.
1: Well, so tell us a little bit. I, you do a lot of stuff. You start as a hygienist. Tell us a little bit about your professional journey.
2: Yeah, well, 20 years. A lot can happen in 20 years, I'll tell you that. Uh, So, you know, early on in my career, I was a dental assistant, then moved to to be a dental hygienist. And then uh, as luck would have it, I lived and worked all around the States and the world in dentistry. And so it's been a wild ride. It's been a fun ride and I've learned a lot. Um, A lot of what I've learned is that we can do better in dentistry. A lot of what I've learned is that most dental professionals just want to make a difference in their patients' lives. And so it's a very rewarding industry to be in and I'm honored to be here and and to help to help move the industry forward. And I think that if there was one thing that kind of pulls together everything I do, it's it's that. It's moving the industry forward. It's making dentistry a better place not just for the patient, but for the provider as well, because we all know that if we're thriving as business owners, as clinicians, then our patients have a better chance at thriving. So most people know me as a key opinion leader, an influencer, a speaker, but what a lot of my time is spent, where a lot of my time is spent is behind the scenes with product and service and tech companies, working on brand strategy, on product development, on go-to-market launches. And so, what that allows me to do is to see a lot of what's coming down the line and the product side and the technology side. And it, it, it goes back again, art to the future of dentistry. You know, at some point, the future is going to look like X. And right now we're at Y. And how can we get from Y to X? Right. So, that's where I come in. And that's where I say, okay, let's, this is where it's going. Let's, let, I'll help you navigate navigate that journey to get there in the future so that our practices are more successful and we're more su- successful too I,
1: I mean I I, I start all my lectures out by saying it's never been a better time to be a dentist
2: oh love it
1: I, I think so I mean with all the new tech uh, like I, I told this uh, I tell my audience uh, saw the first intraoral video camera which was as big as the room I'm broadcasting <laughs> from in 1989 at the CDA convention and it was $42,000 manufactured by Fuji the film um uh the film maker i guess or mm-hmm. film company and um and you know i i talked to uh it was funny i, I had david Hornbrook, who's a well known dental uh uh influencer dentist uh, amazing uh cosmetic dentist uh, i love the guy and i had him at my dental cpa meeting in 2005 and I said, what's going to happen in 10 years? He says, there will be no more impression materials. Yes. And I, so we're now in 2023. I don't think we've quite gotten rid of that, Melissa, but it's moving that way, digital and all that stuff. So a lot of really cool stuff, which you're going to talk about today, as well as the teledentistry stuff. But let's get into the conversation about teledentistry. It was a big game changer. What what happened during COVID and how did it become more prominent during COVID?
2: Yeah, well, the good news is teledentistry, even though you know 30%, I think the latest stats, and you you had said this 30% of dentists or practices are using teledentistry in some way, shape, or form right now. And that's exactly what we expected. So pre-COVID, what we knew was telehealth was on the rise. What we knew was teledentistry was going to follow that spike, that trend as well. And then COVID kind of put a blurb in everything. And the interest in teledentistry went straight up. Um, I would get calls day and night, actually, from practice owners saying, Melissa, we know you do something with teledentistry. We have no idea what it is. I have no idea. But I need something right now. I need a way to connect with my patients right now. And so over COVID, we saw this huge spike in teledentistry uses and use cases. And we also saw a lot of the tech companies finding solutions for teledentistry as well. So either whether that was implementing text chatting or virtual chatting, like face-to-face virtual chatting, or... Automated payments, or just just these automated things that help the patient have a better journey, we saw a lot of that increase over COVID. And now, what we're seeing is a, is a plateau effect. You know, anytime you have a huge spike like that, you'll see a plateau effect happen, and that's exactly where we need to be right now with teledentistry, uh, We're we're in this. Um, it's almost like a waiting game because we're waiting for the generations to kind of change. And, you know, we often joke about, you know, characteristics of millennials or baby boomers or whatever. We're not going to go into that today. (laughs) It might be entertaining, but but what we're waiting on is for a, a change in practice ownerships to be the younger generation. And when that happens, there's gonna be an automatic change in the amount of people that are using teledentistry. And it's just gonna automatically happen. And so, whether that happens in two years or 10 years, you know, so be it. Um, but it's going to happen. So, right now, it's this waiting game where we learn, where we get the right tools and the systems in place, where we, the pioneers have been using it for a while and they're the ones experimenting with it. And, and then we learn from them. Um, but one of the things that I know also is 20 years from now, you know, even the word teledentistry or or telehealth, you know, we're not even going to be using those words because it will be so ingrained. These concepts will be so ingrained in what we're already doing. And I often, I often think about, you know, the short time that the iPod was even something, right? Good Lord, the iPod was yes. amazing. We didn't have to carry 10 CDs on a plane. We could just take the iPod. But what happened with the iPod is that technology got integrated into the phone, into the iPad, into everything. So now we never, when was the last time you said the word iPod, right? Same thing the, with television.
1: The last time I said the word iPod was when I was in a jacuzzi in Honolulu, when I was at the, C, the ADA convention speaking, and I was stupid enough to take my iPod into the okay. jacuzzi and I dropped it in the jacuzzi and then it was a non-iPod because it didn't work. <laughs> I remember that. That was stupid. And that was a lot of money for me for spending for a stupid iPod. But But now they don't sell them anymore. It was great. It worked great when I had it. Oh, my God. I used to have a BlackBerry, Melissa. That's how old I am. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I did. i
2: like without the internet. I remember that. I was in sixth grade when my class got the internet. We dialed up and we had no idea what to do with it, but we, oh. we spent 10 minutes dialing up to it. We were so it, excited. It,
1: it's so hysterical. I'll go lecture to dental schools. And, yeah. and and these dental students are you know 21 to 27 years old, if you will, for the most part. There are some that are older. So, uh, and I will bring an old yellow pages, I'll say, and I'll yeah. hold it up It's like now imagine, since none of you can see me, uh, the thousands of people that listen to this podcast can't see me, but I'm I'm holding up this book and I say, how many of you have ever seen this? And they they the looks I get, like, what, what is that? That's the yellow page. What is that? That's how I used to find professional services when I was you know, in my 20s and 30s. So it, it, everything has changed and stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's talk, Melissa, about the 70% of the people that are listening on this phone call that don't use teledentistry and they, they've been intrigued and they they're listening to my podcast and say, wow, yeah, this is cool. I want to learn more about it. How would one, why do you, what, what can we do with teledentistry and, and give me the why, why would I implement this into my practice?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you a story and this is a story that happens to me quite frequently. The other day I walked into a dental practice never been there before never had any you know first time meeting the dentist and we were talking about teledentistry and he said he said melissa like i i just don't need teledentistry and i said okay and he didn't know what i did for a living he didn't know (laughs) i was like okay i'm
1: a car salesman i don't need a car okay go ahead
2: (laughs) that's right right and so I'm like, okay, well, tell me why you think that. And he, he said, he's like, you know what? My patients don't need it. My patients don't want it. And and then he said too, he said, I still want to keep that personal touch with my patients. And then he had to go off to to do a crown or something, right? And I I got to thinking, like, this is this is the question, this is the comment that I received the most. And even with that survey that came out, is 70 60% of the 70, you know, percent of pay of practices don't use teledentary. they don't think they need it but here's what i say to that um, <laughs> i have a lot to say about that but we'll start here <laughs> one of one of the biggest things that i can tell you is you know with the boomers leaving the dental practice right now the boomers have been our patient profit center for the last two decades right We're we're changing out their big silver fillings for crowns and then replacing the crowns then eventually those fail and then we do implants and then we do all in fours so the boomers have been our profit center unashamedly for several decades what's happening right now is these boomer patients are losing autonomy they're starting to leave the dental practice, in five or 10 years, they won't even be able to drive themselves into our facilities anymore to receive care. One of the most important things and one of the most important needs right now that dental practices have is understanding that if, if they can retain those boomers as active patients in the future, then they will be set Profitability-wise, they will be successful. They will have a strong future ahead of them as a practice. And so what, what, what I tell dental practices right now, I say, baby boomers understand how to use video chat. They understand that. Start offering it in your practice now. And then when they can no longer enter your doors, you can still retain them as active patients because you're already able to have patient touch points with them outside of just them coming into your practice. And so what we're seeing, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, a little bit later, but what we're seeing too is, you know, when you when you implement these virtual face-to-face teledentistry visits, and there's lots of ways to use teledentistry outside of that, but if you're implementing virtual face-to-face visits for the boomer generation, you're really killing two birds with one stone and you're automatically attracting the younger generations to you as well. And so it's one of these things where, I mean, if you could secure your practices future, you as a CPA, you understand this art better than anybody. If you can secure your practices future right now, just by implementing face-to-face virtual visits, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you need that?
1: Well, and and the thing that's interesting, Melissa, is again, I'm, I'm 64 years old. I'm in very good health. I move around. I can golf. I can run. I can drive. But I have friends in their late 60s, early 70s who are having physical issues, and some of them can't get around as much. And those are the people who, number one, have accumulated money during their lifetimes, who have the money to pay for significant dentistry, and who need, I heard there's these things called implants out there that get done sometimes. And would that be for older people? No more dentures. We do implants. It's really cool. And a teledentistry platform at least gets the conversation going, right?
2: Yeah, it gets the conversation going. And it's a way to retain patients. Another another use case where we're seeing teledentistry really take off is reactivating inactive patients. So any patients that you haven't seen in two plus years and you know you want back, I mean, one of the easiest things you can do as a practice owner is to start a, like a virtual visit campaign and say, Hey Sally, we haven't seen you in 2 years. We did that that crown on number 30. We just want to check in and do a 15-minute video chat with you just to make sure that crown is working for you. We'd love to just check on it and see how you're doing, right? And then she can sign up right then and there and that is the funnel back into the practice. It's 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 actually astounding when you think of the many ways that you can use virtual care. It's it can be almost paralyzing because it's the paradox of choice. It's like how do wait as, an, as a dental practice, how where do I start? What do I do, right? It's one of these things. And that's where people like that have been using it for a while, like me, that's where the conference comes in. That's where the pioneers in this, we've been trying and testing it and working on all the kinks in it. That's where we come in to help walk practices through where to start with it.
1: So let, let's say I, I got somebody's attention. You Again, my podcast is a call to action.
2: Mm-hmm. If
0: you
1: think this is something you're interested in and you want to start... Where do you start? Is there, let's start off with what, what is the technology? What, I mean, most dentists have a computer. Mm -hmm. Um, they have that, but is is there software that you buy or the companies that provide, how does this work?
2: Well, it goes back to how you want to use it in your practice, your goals for your practice. So, there's several main ways that you can use any kind of telehealth right now. The first is what we've been talking about. It's, it's the face-to-face video chat. And that's what most people think about when they think of telehealth or virtual care or teledentistry. Uh, there's a lesser known kind of the secret sauce to teledentistry is is called the asynchronous it's called the store and forward teledentistry and this is really where like the basic bottom line is you collect data and then at a later point the diagnosing provider looks at it and diagnoses it so one of the ways when i work with practices one of the ways that we use this is and this, this might get some heart rates going okay
1: this, <laughs>
2: this controversial so brace yourself
1: okay
2: what i say is Hygiene checks are outdated. A dentist does not need to go in and do a hygiene check, and I'm using air quotes here. It is one of the most inefficient ways to do dentistry to to do the clinical part of dentistry. And this is me coming from 20 years as hygienist. I spent I've wasted hundreds of hours, maybe even thousands of hours waiting for the dentist to come in, then sitting there while the dentist talks to the patient and it gets schedules behind. So one of the ways when I work with practices is I say, hey, let's rethink this. Let's check with your third party payer. Let's check with the rules and regulations the legislation in your state to see if this is possible. And many times it is. And what we'll start to do is we'll say, okay, your hygienist is going to collect intraoral videos, intraoral cameras on top of the x-rays and everything else that she does. And then at the end of the day, the dentist is going to sit down for an hour, go through all those charts, charge out for an, an evaluation like they would normally do, and diagnose and come up with a treatment plan. And if there's anything that the dentist needs to like double check on, like, oh, I don't know how that that tooth looks a little sketchy, then the next time the patient is in, you can just check on that tooth at that point. So that's one of the most Uh, kind of under the radar ways that you can use teledentistry. And what happens is the dentist, I mean, it's just efficient. The dentist, if if a dentist doesn't need to get up three different times during a a crown prep to go to a hygiene check. I mean, can you imagine how efficient, how much time you can save by doing a lot that. Of time. And, then, yeah. and then your schedule isn't running late. It's running on time too. So, so we have the face-to-face video chats. We have the asynchronous types of teledentistry you can use. And then we have the apps um, where you can do remote patient monitoring. And this is this is a little tech forward here. We aren't using this super, super often in dentistry yet.
1: Well, my but... audience is very techy, so you can oh, talk
2: to Oh, good, so we are tech forward. So then we have the apps that have a provider side and a patient side. So let's say we are monitoring salivary uh, diagnostics because we think this person is getting a lot of cavities because they have a high pH in their mouth. Let's say we're monitoring that, which is this is a true product. Um, There's an app for that. The patient wears a device that monitors the salivary diagnostics anytime they eat or drink. The patient gets a gets an app side of that, the provider gets an app side of that. And there are ways that that that's technically teledentistry as you you can monitor your patient in real time over that app. So that's that's just another way that it can be used that's coming down the line, and we're we're already seeing it in Fitbits and all kinds of other things that that we do on our phones and on our watches with our health. So it's just a matter of time where it's more prominent in dentistry. Do
1: you sometimes see people use teledentistry to maybe interview a new patient? Because, I, I mean, you know as well as I do, you've been in dental offices for a long, long time. A patient mm-hmm. comes in and you can only tell them so much on the phone. They get in there and they don't understand the cost and they don't understand the time or what you're going to do. D- do you recommend that a dentist uses a teledentistry visit even before the patient comes into the office for the first time? How, how do we do that?
2: Yeah, and that's that's another one of the many use cases, and you don't have to use it like this, but you can. Uh, what what we see is that if you have your new patients, I mean, if it's a. If it's a brother of an existing patient and you love the family, you know what, you might want to, you might not want to do this, but if it's a completely cold call, new patient from off the streets and you want to just see how they are, you want to make sure they're a good fit for your practice. You want to make sure it's worth their time and your time to have this partnership. Then you say, okay, have your administrative personnel reach out and say, our first visit is going to be a 15 minute virtual one. And then at the end of that visit, if you'd like, we can schedule your in-person visit. And at that point, what you would do is the administrative personnel in the front office would get the patient on the, on the video chat, work out any, kicks, any kinks, any tech issues. And then literally the dentist would come on for two or three minutes, say hi, welcome them, And the dentist goes off and then the administrative personnel finishes up and schedules them. And and it's a way, it really is a way to weed out the patients that you don't think are a good fit for your patients. And sometimes that's hard to talk about. You know, sometimes we talk about hiring and firing patients, uh, but this is an easy way to to, to really do that. Um, and then there's other ways that you can get new patients too. And this isn't for everyone, but there's a lot of um, patient facing uh, either apps or websites that say, you know, like 1-800-DENTIST. I have a toothache. I need to find a dentist. Call this number. You, they'll hook you up with a dentist. Well, now what they're doing is it's all virtual calls. So if I have a toothache or if I need to find a dentist or if I want aligners, I can go to these websites and sometimes these websites will let the patient see an actual dentist, and sometimes they'll refer them just to you. Most times, if the websites will let them see a dentist for 20 or 30 minutes, then after that visit, they'll refer to you as well. So that's another way to funnel patients to your practice. And again, that's not for everybody. But if that's something that interests you, then, hey, it's it's a great way for lead generation, a great, great way to get new patients.
1: Yeah, I know that in some of the reading I've done in preparing to talk to you today Teledentistry can actually reduce costs to the patient. How does mm-hmm. that work?
2: Oh, my gosh. I mean, can you just imagine? Okay, and I'm just, I'm going to use my own life here, right? I love going into dental practices. It is a second home to me. I've been going there, spending full-time weeks there since I was 18, right? But okay. when I take my kids, the dentist, which I just did last week, so that they could get cleanings, the whole time I was sitting there thinking, man, I don't want to be here. I could be doing so many other things right now than being in a dental office, right? And that's me as a dental professional. How do our patients feel? They don't want to be there. So when we look at even cost, it saves cost for the patient. We can look at even, okay, well, they still might pay the same fee as they would if they were in the practice having this virtual consult. But it's saving them from taking two hours off of work and coming in. It's saving them the stress, it's saving them the, um, the hassle of getting stuck in traffic. And, and it's all these, these 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 costs that may not be completely you know, upfront, but it saves its convenience. Patients right now want convenience, flexi- flexibility, and transparency. And if you don't offer, if you don't have services that tick all those three boxes, then you're gonna be struggling down the road. You're gonna be three years from now, you're gonna be wondering why you have holes in your schedule and you can't figure out why. It's if you start offering convenience and flexibility and transparency to your patients, then those holes will you'll be secured, right? And teledentistry is just one simple, simple way to do it.
1: Yeah, we we talked briefly about insurance. And if I have these codes right, the teledentistry codes are D9995 and 9996. Did I get that right?
2: That's right. That's right.
1: I'm required by law to use numbers as a CPA. So that's what I just did it. Um, what does insurance cover on in teledentistry visits? How does that work?
2: Yeah. So what I want to remind everyone is that these codes, just because you have these codes, doesn't mean you're going to get reimbursed. These are not charge out codes. These are, these are procedure codes. So what you want to do, let's say you are doing, um, we'll just say you're doing a post-op visit uh, over virtual face-to-face uh, video chat. What you want to do is you'll, you'll still code out for whatever you did over that visit, post-op, if you did nutritional counseling, if you did oral health education, uh, you still code out for all of those. And then you include the D9995 or D9996 in with those. And so it's just an adjunct code that you'll pop on there. It's It's telling the insurance company how you communicated with the patient. And so, you know, while there's a lot of of questions I get asked are related to, well, can I get reimbursed for it? Can I make money off of this? And you can. I mean, it depends on what insurances you work with. It depends on your state regulations, on even definitions of the state. Uh, Some states, in their verbiage, in the scope of practice, they, they say that an evaluation has to be tactile. You have to be in the mouth. Most states don't. But if you live in one of those states, there are other ways that you can get paid for these teledentistry visits. Um, you know, at, at the very minimum, Art, you could charge out for a service charge or a virtual charge. It's $30 copay. You know, it's kind of one of those things out-of-pocket expense. Right. Uh, And patients really don't mind that if it's convenient. Here's an example for you. I I do a lot of speaking and traveling. I was at an event, I don't know, last year in, I don't know where I was. We'll just say Chicago. We'll say it was Chicago midwinter. And I really wanted Taco Bell. It was late at night, right? (laughs) You wanted Taco Bell. I I don't even eat meat, but I wanted Taco Bell, right? So I'm like, okay, replace the meat with rice. And of course they didn't do that, but that's besides the point. Uh, So I ordered Taco Bell over Uber Eats. And I was laughing to myself because I, I got ready to hit the order button and they had the breakdown of fees. And what I realized was the delivery charge and the service charge was So much more than the actual cost of the food.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Right. But I hit order and I was fine with it. I was fine with it because I was paying for convenience. I was fine with it because it's flexible, right? I can be wherever and it'll come to me. And they were transparent. They had all the costs laid out. And those three, it ticked all three of those boxes. And I said, yes, I'm fine with it. And so if we can apply that to how we treat our patients in dentistry, with these virtual care visits, you might be surprised at how they're, how much they're willing to pay out of pocket for these virtual visits if th- third party payers don't you know don't pay it. The good news too is there's there's been a lot of improvement in in what we call parity laws. So back in the day pre COVID, um, parity means that basically with industry, it means that third party payers and insurances had to pay had to give you the same amount of money whether the visit was done in person or virtually. So pre-covid some states had these parity laws in place, some didn't, some had partial parity. Post-covid most states now are required require the third party payer to give you the same amount of reimbursement whether it was done virtually or in person. So that's something else that we can look for as as we go through, you know, as we as we think about implementing teledentistry in these practices.
1: Uh, okay. So I want you to talk a little bit now about the, your mobile teledentistry conference and the Denobis, and maybe we'll get into, I've got some more questions on teledentistry and then I want to talk about some technology stuff, but your conference, tell us about your conference. It's March, Was it? Second, third, fourth?
2: March 1st through 2nd, 2020. I'm just close.
1: Right. Yeah. Again, I, I, you know, it's like with my golf scores, they're all quoted approximately, <laughs> dates are quoted approximately. So March 1st, and 2nd in Dallas. Uh-huh. So um, talk about what's going to happen at that conference.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this is actually our fifth year for this conference. And for any event planners that are listening having five years like getting that five-year mark is a huge deal right and we've had in-person conferences all the way through COVID right so this this has been a crazy ride for us but it's been so needed so this is a two-day conference we have courses all day Friday and Saturday We everything kicks off Thursday night and it's it's a small niche conference 200 to 300 people 15 to 30 exhibitors and that's where we like it because what happens is you come and and you're like, how do I use teledentistry? How do I use this? And you're surrounded by people that have been using it for a very long time. So you get to hear firsthand what not to do and what to do. And just, just a little background on it. It's the National Mobile and Teledentistry Conference. So what we realized, there's kind of this phenomenon that happens when a practice owner begins to start to have these virtual visits, they they start their 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 way of thinking starts to change and they start to understand, you know, kind of this new concept of, oh my gosh, I can still give my patients value and make money off of my patients, even if they're not in my practice right now. And it's this this it's this kind of paradigm shift that we see happen all the time. And so then the next step is to say, okay, but what if you take one of your team members and send them out into the field to the patient's house, to the patient's workplace one day a week to, you can do comprehensive dentistry if you want, or preventive dentistry, and then funnel back all the, you know, more complicated procedures back to the dental practice. Um, So that's why we've, we've kind of lumped together mobile and portable dentistry with this virtual care aspect because it's a it's a very non-traditional way of providing dentistry but what we see is this is the future we see you know brick and mortar practices you'll always have brick and mortar but you'll have a virtual arm into the patient's phone you'll have a mobile arm into their workplace into their schools and it'll be it'll be more like a hub you know the brick and mortar will be a hub and then you'll have all these you know arms into the community and that's what we see in the future and we see that because it's it's needed. Patients are asking for it. We expect it in every other area of our life. We expect things to come to us. And it's very, very possible in dentistry. So that's why we've lumped it all together. And it is a very non-traditional way of thinking. So it's not for everybody, but it's 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 reality. It's really what's happening. And you know, in the past, too, are there, you know, you ask a dentist or a hygienist what they think of when they think of mobile dentistry. And most times they think of, oh, public health, you know, pop-up clinics, volunteering with Mission of Mercy, that kind of stuff. But it's 2023. And, you know, this kind of a thing is for everybody. We call it sexy mobile dentistry, right? There are these under <laughs> the radar. We do. It's sexy mobile dentistry. There are these under the radar um, dental organizations that are not even owned by dentists, some of them, but some of them are, but they'll go into Amazon headquarters and they'll stay there for a month with a pod and they'll park it in the parking lot and they'll treat all the employees over that time and then come back six months later, right? This is, when I talk with dental practices, I say, how many businesses are within a half half of a mile from your practice that if you just go out to them, I mean, how would that grow your practice? You're not reliant on the number of ops you have. You're not reliant on the square footage of your practice. It's, it's much more uh, cost-effective, less overhead to implement portable or mobile dentistry than it is to build on or acquire a new practice or do a de novo practice. Anyway, so that's the background to our conference. And it's a really good time. It's it's really fun. Well,
1: I, I was going to say, if you're running the thing, I'm assuming there's a lot of fun involved, a lot of laughter, maybe <laughs> dancing, ACDC. I don't know who's going to be. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that,
2: there you go. Backstreet Boys are coming this year.
1: There you go. Oh, there you go. Exactly. No. Okay. But um, okay. So Mar- uh, March first and second, twenty twenty-four, in uh, Dallas. How if someone is interested and they want to learn more about the conference? Uh, phone number, website. How do they? How do they find out about that?
2: Yeah, you can just Google National Mobile Intelligence Industry Conference. Our website is nmdconference.com. Uh, we're very active on social. You can just Google us and you'll find us um, or reach out to me. That's fine. And if you're interested in a promo code, I know you said I'm allowed to, to give a promo code. You so are
1: like- allowed to give a promo code.
2: So the promo code is NMTC100, and that'll get you $100 off your ticket. Uh, Dental practices will will bring their teams. We have group discounts, you know, and if it's a financial burden for you, I mean, let us know. We can work with you. We have some scholarships available and things like that to help you or help your team members get there. Um, And also, too, this is something cool that we, we love giving back to the community. And so any students or educators are always free to come to the conference. So whether it's a dentist, a dentist educator, student, always free. So contact me and we can we can get you registered on the back end and get you there. Mm -hmm.
1: And then we have the same thing. We have another thing going on at the same time, these Denobi Awards. These are like the Oscars for dentistry. You've explained it to me. Uh, Tell me about the Denobi Awards.
2: Okay. So, well, here's the backstory and once you understand the why, you'll understand why it is how it is. Uh, We were kind of frustrated with a lot of the award programs in dentistry and we had done a survey of a lot of them. This was years ago. And we found that most of them were for dentists or were for lifetime achievement awards and you know who wants to be old and gray and win an award right that's great but what we what we wanted to create was something uh, to celebrate the unsung heroes in the here and now who were doing good things and so what we did was we started the Denobi awards over covid and we opened it up you don't have to be a clinician to win as long as you have a role in dentistry you can be nominated and potentially win. So nominations open October through December, we come out with a shortlist in January, and then um, the, the Teledentistry Conference hosts the Denobi Awards as its final night event. So you don't have to, winners don't have anything to do with teledentistry or mobile dentistry. Um, they're from all walks of life in dentistry and from around the world, too. We have winners that will fly in just for the Denobi Awards um, from who knows where, Canada and beyond, um, Saudi Arabia. We had some We had some wow. come from Scotland last year. So it's a very it's a very um prestigious time but it's also a very moving time because we are our selection committee chooses 10 individuals to win and you don't have to be famous you don't have to have a following it's it's not a popularity contest and then we also choose one dental team to win as well so a clinical team who is, you know, maybe serving in the community, or maybe they've revamped their program so that they can see more patients and give them what they give patients, you know, better care. It's 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 just an amazing time. So that's the Denobi Awards. That's in Dallas on March second, the very closing night of our conference. So if you're going to come to one, come to both. That's just the name of the game. And, uh, but it's a, and it's if
1: a, one of our if one of our listeners wanted to nominate that. Let's say you've been working with a dental consultant. Uh, that has changed your life. You could nominate that person, right? That would be the whole idea.
2: Yeah, and art. Somebody needs to nominate you. I mean, I'm just oh, going to no. say it. Okay. <laughs> how
1: about how about how about nominate worst golfer podcast host? Although I I did shoot 86
2: the other day, so okay, no. No. There you go.
1: Anyway, no, no, it's, Even, it's 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 fun.
2: Some of the people that win too, they'll call me up and they'll say, "I had I had one dental dental team win one time. They say, Melissa, we're really not like." Looking for flashy awards, we're really not like. It it doesn't. We're just not those kind of people. And I say, okay, that's fine. But your team won. You know, this is a way to honor your team. And so it's kind of it's fun to kind of navigate through that because. It's not just a flashy award. It's it's a meaningful thing. And a lot of the winners, they're like, I've never won an award before. Like, this is not usually me. Uh, but it's it's a night where we're all in tears. But it is a great night. It is very powerful.
1: Well, take a look at that. You said, um, uh, give it give one more time. The website is?
2: The website for the conference is nmdconference.com. And then Denobi Awards, there's a link to that. Uh, okay. from website. I, I
1: want to hit some more things on the... Um, uh on on our conversation and i want to get into some of the technology because as usual as much as i'd love to do this for hours and hours on the phone because you are a fun young lady to speak to i cannot uh, in fact, I was telling you, I have a dental appointment coming up shortly. So I need to get to that or my dentist going to be mad at me. So, Wish anyway.
2: Virtually, Art. Wish you yeah, could. I should,
1: I should be doing it virtually. Exactly. <laughs> so, let's talk about dentists in rural areas versus metropolitan areas. In other words, people are going to listen to this and they're going to say, well, wait a minute. Most of my patients live within five miles. They jump in the car. It's five or 10 minutes. It's no big deal. Um, but there are dentists who are in non metropolitan areas where Patients have to drive 25, 50, 100 miles to see a dentist. I mean, I think of, you know, Montana, Wyoming, uh, Idaho, maybe states like that where it's more rural. Um, talk about, number one, why teledentistry is really helpful for dentists who might be in rural areas and and, why, and how dentists in metropolitan areas, you know, why they should be using this.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, here's an example for you. I mean, I'm a storyteller, so the best examples I can give are from my own life, whether they're good or bad or ugly. No,
1: that, we love that. We love
2: that. But best example for you, I live in urban Portland. We walk everywhere. We only have one car because we don't need more than that, right? I live in urban Portland. There is a doctor's office two blocks from me, and that's my primary clinician. I don't even want to walk those two blocks to go to that doctor's office, right? That's how ridiculous we are these days. And it's fine, I'm gonna own it. My first instinct is to say, I would rather go on my phone than walk two blocks. Just, it's, it's even a block and a half. I don't think it's two blocks. Because, because it's all about, I value my time. And this is where we are as society. It is a time saver younger generations and me even more so i value my time so much that i don't want to walk the 5 minutes the one and a half blocks to this to this doctor's office to refill my prescription i want to do it over the phone and that is probably the clearest scenario of even if you have to drive a mile or two sure some people might like to do that. I love to drive, but that's because I don't get to drive very often, right? Uh-huh. But, but the younger generations, when they think of going to a doctor or a dentist, their first instinct is going to be, what can I do on my phone first? And that's just how it's going to be. I mean, there's no, whether you like it or love it, I don't know. That's just how it's going. And so to this day, I'll have, I'll have dentists say to me, but Melissa, what can I do on these virtual visits? And I'll say, okay, you want the list? Here's the list. Post-ops, you can do aligners and ortho. You can do new new patient exams. You can do check-ins. You can do triage. You can do consults. You can do oral health education. You can do hygiene checks. You can do, the list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it's not even about getting reimbursed for that visit. Sometimes it's it's about continuing that patient relationship and having, having another touch point with that patient. What I found is, there are patients, a lot of patients actually will begin to thank the dentist for implementing these virtual visits. You start to get thanked. And how often in dentistry does that happen? Not very Uh, often, right?
1: Like to get happen, happen more. So if someone wants to get started with teledentistry, um, you know, do they, I mean, obviously coming to the conference is a great way to do it. Are there other sources that, you know, I want to start on this. Where do I start? Is there a website that you like? Is there a education courses? I mean, again, obviously your conference is great, but uh, anything else you might suggest to people?
2: Yeah. I mean, the best thing to do is to talk to somebody face-to-face in person who has already implemented it because then you can get the vibe of what you need. There's also the American Telehealth Association has a very good website that you can look at, and it's pretty state-specific, and they have dental information on it as well. But it's a good website to help you understand where you can take it and where it is and where it's been. But the biggest thing, you know, the biggest thing, and I said this before, there are so many ways that you can use virtual care in your practice that it can be overwhelming to figure out and so I always say you know if you're not sure if it's for you just purchase a subscription purchase a a subscription to a HIPAA compliant video chat right just that nothing else just that and start with your favorite patient next week Sally's coming in she's been a patient for 30 years I know every tooth in her mouth I know every filling we just did a crown on her okay and she comes in for the crown then just practice and start with her and say, hey, Sally, next week, we want to check on this crown, but we don't need you to come back to the office. We want you to just click this link, open your mouth and we'll talk to you and we'll see it. And we'll make sure that this crown is working for you. And so that's what I say is just start small, start practicing with patients that are familiar. And then once once you start to understand the value of it, then you'll see, oh, okay, this patient is coming in, but they don't really need to come in. We can just do it every video, just have them do it every video chat, you know, and it, it just starts, starts the ball rolling. But if you want to jump in fast, this is why I'm here. This is why the conference is here. I'm happy to work with anybody who wants to jump in fast and just get I, it I, I like
1: that. There's that, a great conversation about that. I want to take the last 10 minutes or so that we have, and I want you to tell me about some of the stuff that you're doing with some of these companies and some of the new technology that you're really excited about. So just mm-hmm. I'll let you go. But what do you got for me?
2: What do you got? Okay, well, here we go. Well, I think the biggest thing and I had just given a lecture about this not too long ago. Um, you know, it's, it's one of these things right now are like we are, we are seeing so many changes in dentistry happening right now. And, you know, for the 20 years that I've been in the industry, there were changes that we knew were going to happen and everybody was talking about them, right? Things like, oh, millennials are going to be the rise of the workforce and practice ownership. Oh, um, more women are going to graduate dental school than men, you know, starting in this year, which is happening right now. And even changes just just like technology. We knew technology was just going to keep, you know, making changes and at the speed of light, just going faster and faster and faster. You know, one little change in a code can have a complete Uh, can can restructure an entire industry like that that's where we are you know so we all we knew these changes were happening and and then COVID hit and that changed everything once again and so we're we're kind of at this this um I don't know what to call it this pivotal moment in dentistry where the paradigms are shifting whether we like it or not whether we want it to happen or not it's, it's a complete paradigm shift right now. Um, and, and so, you know, pulling this back into your, your question, one of the changes that we're seeing happen right now is the fact that prevention is the driver of the future. You know, right now, most, if not all dental practices are built on a model of uh, treating disease, right? we're this, this, the way we run our operations and our clinical models in our dental practices is based on treating disease. But that is changing and it's changing really fast because, you know, just take, for example, we were talking about the boomers, the boomers. Okay. They need crowns because they had big silver fillings and then they need implants. The next generation might need a couple crowns. Probably their silver fillings are now white fillings and well, they they probably aren't going to lose any other teeth, right? My generation, we're going to have all our teeth. We might have a couple fillings, onlays, inlays. We maybe will have a crown, right? The generation below us, it's going to be even less. And so as we look at the profit centers of, of where dental practices are going to make their money in the future, it's not going to be what it has been in the past. It's not going to be crowns. It's going to be prevention. It's going to be aligners. And so... It's very interesting to see the products that are coming down the line that are that are kind of, you know, um, not helping this along better, but are, but are paralleling this this same journey. There's there's a company I'm working with right now that will probably be launched around Chicago midwinter time. Um, and it's kind of it's it's a it's a sealant on steroids, really. It's it's a sealant that you can put anywhere in the mouth and the teeth won't stain. You can't get a cavity if it's, you know under it and it's completely translucent. You can also use it to wax your car, right? it's it's this miracle tool. We have we have products that heal cavities now, you know, that's just in the last five or so years. We have products that will heal incipient lesions and inactive decay, right? We have these preventive products that are now around that are also shaping, what our patients are going to need in the future. And so dental practices right now are, are starting to understand that they're going to need to shift to a prevention-based model instead of a disease-based model. And I was talking to um, a healthcare colleague. She works, I believe it's in, in liver transplants and, and something obscure that I don't know much about, but she works, she was a nurse, but now she works for a startup who helps Uh, transition these healthcare facilities from disease-based models to prevention models. And her company is very successful now. Her company helps helps them through that transition. And they say that there's always an upfront loss and financial loss when you transition from disease-based to prevention-based. But then in the long-term, it's more profitable. So this company actually helps they, they they front the upfront loss with financially for these healthcare facilities, and then they help transition to that preventive care. And so um, a lot of the products I work with are now geared towards these amazing types of prevention coming down the line. And aligners will always be here, right? Because, because we'll straighten our teeth, and not wear retainers, and they'll have a little movement. And five years later, we want to fix the movement. And so it just keeps going on and on, Right. right. So we'll still have veneers because we're cosmetic focused now. Um, so so this is just one of the ways where I see technology. And now that we have AI that'll help read X-rays. Now that we have AI that can look at my face on a video chat and help you see the emotions that I'm expressing. You know, now that we have AI that will help patient reviews and help us gather the data we need from the patient reviews, um, to improve our practice and how we treat our patients. You know, there's just a lot coming down the line that, I don't know, I could talk for hours about. about. I, I,
1: if you want me to get a late fee at my dental office, we'll talk for hours. We can't do that, but I'm just kidding. Um, I was at, I was at the CDA convention in San Jose, um, uh, you know, uh again we're recording this in september so in early september and i was talking to a dental attorney and one of the board members on cda about ai and about how uh this technology is allowing this te- this to to read x-rays uh you know and i we were we had a long conversation about liability and the human touch and can it really do everything what can and i think that what you're going to learn is as someone who's in the middle of all of this is that AI can do some things. It can't do everything. And I think that society is going to figure out, this is what AI can do. Like We went to write an ad for something that we were doing in a magazine. And my partner wrote the ad in our transition business. And then he said, I'm going to let ChatGBT write it. And I said, you're my friend and you're my partner, but ChatGBT did a much better job than (laughs) you did. And, and, And that's what happened. So um, so I, I think if we go on, you have a website that's, that talks about some of the stuff and some of the companies you work with, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Or am I delusional here?
2: That's right. So my website, anyone who wants to reach out to me or learn more about what I do is melissakturner.com.
1: Yeah. So if you want to send, if you are thinking about getting involved in teledentistry and you want to shoot Melissa an email, that's okay. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. What's, that's
1: what's right. your email address?
2: Email address is melissa turner llc at gmail.
1: Yeah, so I finally
2: did, got rid of my AOL email address, are
1: You did. <laughs> see, see, and you were telling me that you're under 70 years old. No, I'm just kidding. There <laughs> are still clients of mine. No offense, AOL works just fine. Uh, it, it, that's really good. Any final comments about teledentistry? Because I do need to wrap this up um, mm-hmm. that you want to make to our listeners?
2: Yeah. I think the bottom line is, you know, if, if you think that you don't need it as a practice owner, that's fine. Right. But understand that your patients do and that they will in the future. So I always kind of end with this, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, if you implement virtual care right now, you're going to be set for the future. I mean, obviously there's other parameters that go into that and other things that that affect it. But but right now the practices of the future are the ones that are taking advantage of this right now. And I can't stress how important it is. And you know, I have a unique perspective as a female millennial ex hygienist, well, I'm still a hygienist, but it, it it's one of these things, it's a very unique perspective. Some people get it, some people don't. But if you have a little spark of like, oh, I wonder if that would work for my practice, reach out to me, come see us in Dallas in March, And we'll at least give you the knowledge so that you know if you want to move forward or not with them.
1: All right. One more time, Melissa. The uh, Teledentistry and Mobile Dentistry Conference is March 1st and 2nd in Dallas. Is it at a hotel, I'm assuming?
2: Yes. It's at the Hyatt Regency. Yep.
1: That's a nice hotel. Um, Again, a website if they want to learn more about the conference and the Denobi Awards, what's the website?
2: nmdconference.com.
1: All right. Sounds good. Melissa Turner, you are a, I I, I don't know if I'm allowed to call you a princess. You're wonderful. You're just great to talk to, fun to talk to. I I know, I mean, I talk about the fact that people who have a positive attitude about life live eight years longer than people that don't. I read another article about a 103-year-old person who just tells jokes all the time. I mean, so it's great that you have this kind of attitude. We need more people like you being cheerleaders for dentists. We have dentists out there who are not happy in what they're doing, and dentistry is an amazing profession. You just said, this might be another, uh, teledentistry might be an opportunity. And and again, Melissa doesn't sell teledentistry products products herself. That's not what she does, but she believes in it. If it's something that you think might be of interest to you, take a look at it, look at her website. So hang out with me for a minute, Melissa, as I take the podcast out. Folks, I want to again, thank you for the honor and the privilege of your time. Got another couple of calls this morning from podcast listeners with some questions. Please keep uh, keep the questions coming, 657-279-3243. If you're looking for a new uh, dental-specific CPA, I'd Bailey, we've got you covered. We have all kinds of resources that I don't even have the time to get into that, that can help you to meet your personal and business financial goals. Uh, thank you so much to Lorraine Kent and her team at Decisions and Dentistry Magazine. Uh, they have 140 continuing education courses, soon to be more. Uh, on the business end, but in the clinical side, 140 CE courses uh, at a very reasonable price. Go to www.decisionsanddentistry.com. If you are not in my neighborhood, uh, which is Southern California, I am a member of the Academy of Dental CPAs, which is 25 CPA firms that represent over 10,000 dentists. They are my dear, dear friends. I'm going to go, um, well, by the time this records, I will have got to hang out with them uh, in uh, Lexington, Kentucky with my dear friend, Jerry P. one of the greatest human beings you're ever going to meet. And his wife, Susie, love love the guy. So uh, that's www.adcpa.org. Melissa, thank you so much for your time. And again, stay with me for a minute. And with that, I will say adieu for today. Uh, thank you for listening. And this is Art Wiederman for the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast with Art Wiederman, CPA. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idbailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.